projections in West Fargo Public Schools. And, well, it's it's not news, but it's another uh, foundation to, uh, I think, make the case that the growth is here. The growth has not really slowed down. Uh, in fact, if you continue on this projection, West Fargo is going to be the largest school district in the entire state of North Dakota. With that comes challenges. With that comes the need to invest in teachers, administrators, and space. Uh, something that was attempted not all that long ago and unfortunately did not pass. But with this type of background now and the new numbers in, I'm curious where we go from here. Here to join the conversation is Levi Bachmeyer. has become a friend of the show. He's the business manager at the West Fargo Public Schools. Levi, I appreciate you joining us on a day off, I assume. Oh, no, the, the work continues. Okay. But, uh, glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, the the numbers, like I said, uh, are in, and this wasn't unexpected. We know because we see it. We You feel it. There's a reason why that uh, referendum was attempted uh, not all that long ago because the writing's been on the wall. What does this type of proof lend itself to? Because I know that the work has continued not only today, uh, but certainly w the work on the future for the West Fargo Public School District. Yeah, I mean, we always want to get as much data in the room as we can when we're talking about incredibly important things like uh, space for our students and uh, potential impacts for taxpayers. So I think you sort of, you know, teed it up well. What we saw was not new, you know, to West Fargo Public Schools, a uh, continued uh, growth year over year, uh, you know, anticipated to grow by almost 1,400 students in the next, you know, four plus years. And so we need to think about what that need means for for our operations to provide, you know, an excellent education, you know, to all learners and prepare them for tomorrow's world. world. Uh, and at the same time, make sure we have, you know, adequate spaces to, to educate them. One thing uh, that, that I, I think needs to be reminded for our listeners is, you know, West Fargo Public Schools isn't just West Fargo as far as the town itself. Certainly we've seen the growth in the southwest spot, but you're including Horace, you're including Harwood, Riley's Acres, parts of Fargo. I mean, the footprint of the school district itself is rather large, Levi. Yeah, that, that is a great point, and it, sometimes people have a hard time, you know, wrapping their mind around the fact that we have, you know, over 1,350 students more than Fargo Public Schools. Um, but it's for that exact, you know, that exact reason. We are all of the city of West Fargo. We're a substantial portion of Southwest Fargo uh, itself. Uh, Harwood, Horace, Riley's Acres, and some of those kind of outlying areas as you get into more rural Cass County between here and Mapleton. Um, our, our roots are actually as, as the rural school district, you know, surrounding Fargo. So we do have a pretty large a geographic area, which is why, you know, we have the enrollment numbers that we do. Well, it, it does lend itself to some confusion for those that haven't lived in it for a long time. When I was uh, representing District 16 in the Senate, I was a Fargo resident butting up against the city of Fargo, but was in the West Fargo School District. So trying to, you know, kind of keep all that balanced out for people, it gets to be a lot. Uh, that's why I think when we, when we go forward, because I have no doubt that there's going to be, well, there has to be another attempt to get, the investment from the school district, meaning people that call it home, to, to try to build up to what's going to be necessary over the course of the long run. So I don't want people thinking that's just the, the city of West Fargo. That's a whole larger area and a larger footprint, which leads me to this next question that is probably quite obvious. Uh, we just had the referendum. There's a lot of work that went into it, uh, but came up short. 
and it's the first time. I've always given the the school district voters credit because every time that they've been asked, they said, yes, we get it. This time we came up short. I imagine work's already being done to see what can be approved upon. Yeah, absolutely. So we're sort of working on, you know, two different lines of effort right now. One is our, we're calling it the Facilities Plan 2.0. That was open to any member of our community, anyone who lives in the district, in any of those cities that I mentioned that would send their kids, you know, to one of our schools was welcome to, you know, join our task force. You know, our goal is to get as much input from our community members as possible. Uh, and we're continuing to forge ahead and, and, you know, study both what was included in the election in September, as well as other uh, things that we would either want to consider adding or removing from that original package. And so that works ongoing, just had the second meeting uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, and the next step in, in that process is to engage uh, our community a little bit further with some community forms. Uh, last time when we did this in, you know, this past fall in 2023, you know, the, the cake was sort of already baked, and we were just trying to educate people on what that meant. Uh, this is a totally different, you know, situation. We have ideas from our new Facilities 2.0 task force that we want more community input on, uh, and all of that feedback is ultimately going to be compiled and shared with our school board later this spring as we continue to figure out what our next start. I, I know that we probably didn't have what are, I would consider exit polls, right? This isn't the presidential caucus or primary or just a, a general election, but I'm curious if you had feedback following uh, the last vote of why people voted no. I mean, I can look at numbers and say, okay, there's been a consistent no vote, and they made dang sure that they were going to turn out and vote. Uh, I think that maybe those that would absolutely vote for it, they understood it, maybe didn't know necessarily about that that uh, vote taking place. And I put that more on on our side of this conversation when it comes to getting educated uh, masses out there through these airwaves. Uh, but one of the criticisms I had, Levi, and Levi Bachmeyer is our guest, uh, the business guru over at the West Fargo uh, Public Schools, is these numbers that show the projection of growth, like I said, they're not new. We knew about those. And the, the criticism I had is, a balance that you guys, I think, have to f- figure out is how do you build to the capacity based on projections that continue to grow? Because the fear could ultimately come down to what if we don't meet those projections? So how do you balance that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, like you said, there's two sides to every coin. We hear from some folks who want to say, hey, you should be planning 10 years for the, you know, for the future. And a lot of, you know, individuals would bring up that, you know, Heritage Middle School, which feeds into Horace High School, uh, should have been built to the same size as our other middle schools and high schools, you know, right away. Um, And then, you know, folks on the other side is we're seeing declining birth rates, you know, across the country. That isn't quite our reality, Uh, certainly to the same extent here in North Dakota, uh, but don't build more than you need. And so I think the school board, you know, dating back all the way to the 80s when West Fargo High was constructed, has tried to be careful and thoughtful about how we have added facilities, not asking taxpayers for more than what we think we need in the near to moderate term, but also keeping an eye, you know, on the future. So you're exactly right. It is a delicate balance. You don't want to build uh, things that you don't need. Uh, you also don't want to be behind the eight ball where kids are, you know, learning in hallways. So it's, it's been something that we've been dealing with for, for 40 years and will continue to do so, um, wanting to make the take the smartest approach that we can 
that ensures kids have adequate spaces to learn, and we're doing it in the most you know fiscally responsible way for for the great community members that we serve. Well, one thing that I do uh, tip my cap to about uh, West Fargo Public Schools, and certainly I know Fargo is trying to go through some of this uh, as well when they're looking at their uh, their ten year plan is. I know some school districts, based on that that need you just talked about, we need the space, we need to have something done to have what they always call those temporary classrooms and those temporary buildings that now have been there longer than I've been alive, <laughs> and uh, they continue to provide yep an education. But I don't see this metro area wanting to have something that's going to be what's deemed temporary all of a sudden become that that prolonged. It's not an outhouse. I don't remember the the exact term that you want to have that investment so it's a good quality, top-notch education. Uh, so I, I tip my cap to you guys over there doing the work, Levi. Yeah, no, I, and I appreciate that. And, and I'd mentioned two lines of effort, and it only talked about one of them. The other yeah. is uh, what we're calling the Contingency Planning Task Force, and they're looking at things you know, exactly like that. What, what, what boundaries would we need to potentially change uh, to manage you know, where our enrollment is growing versus where it's stable? Uh, what what would modular classrooms, adding portables, you know, look like? Do we need to look at some really interesting things like uh, school in shifts or year-round school? Um, and so that separate task force has been has been meeting, sort of working from the premise that let's say uh, another bond referendum fails at some point in the future. You know, we have we have an obligation to our families and our students to to provide the best education possible. So uh, what are we going to do? None of the options on the table are you know particularly great but you you know you bring up modular classrooms uh-huh. from a, you know an efficiency standpoint for taxpayers uh, you're looking at what most people would deem to be you know ideally a temporary solution uh, now going north of you know two hundred dollars a square foot where you know we are building uh, the our current elementary school under construction you know Meadow Lark elementary for just over three hundred dollars a square foot so the so it's trying to balance, you know, how do you meet those short-term needs, to your point, um, but also make smart investments that serve taxpayers well in the long run. Um, but obviously, we need to make sure that we have a, a plan no matter what happens moving forward mm-hmm. uh, to find to find spaces for kids. Two things. Portables. That's the term I was looking for. I knew you'd get me there. Yes. Yeah, the portables. Uh, that, anyway, I'm going to let that one be. Thank you for getting that out. And this, uh, when you were describing these two, uh, the, these two things that are trying to be addressed here. I'm curious your your answer to this, uh, and then I'll let you get back after it. Because education always brings out passion from from parents. They, they want the best in their children. Totally understand it. I'm curious what you, since you're more involved in this, see the passion more strongly in. Is it about the boundaries, or is it about the dollars that brings up more passion in parents? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably depends on the parents. Uh, I, I, you know, uh-huh. the, the answer is both. Uh, those are incredibly passionate topics. One of the things that I think I love seeing as as a graduate of the school district now, you know, back working for it, is people really uh, identify with not only the elementary school in their neighborhood, but, uh, you know, the high school that their kids will ultimately go to. There's a lot of Hawk and Mustang and Packer Pride, you know, across the district. And so when we're talking about, you know, taxes, uh, which is nobody finds enjoyable and is unfortunate that property taxes is the only tool, you know, currently at, at school district's disposal uh, to keep up with their growth. Um, but at the same time, people, you know, neighborhood schools is a really important part of our identity here in the school district. And so people uh, don't like to see those change any more than absolutely necessary, which, you know, as we've grown has been 
a, an unfortunate reality of, of what we've had to do, but that's just been one tool in the toolbox to keep up with our growth. Oh, I, I remember when uh, the uh, second high school was being built and everybody drawing the line of, I'm a Packer. I will always be a Packer. And, of course, now with uh, some of that dust settling, that, that passion's still there. I love it, but I think it just underscores exactly what you said, Levi, that you know people want to hold on to what made them who they are and then have their kids maybe go – through those same hallways, if given the chance, Levi, I always appreciate these uh, these conversations. When when we have new developments in this path forward, uh, you're always welcome on the show. All right. Well, thanks so much for the invite. Appreciate being here. Yep, you take care. Uh, Levi Bachmeyer again is the uh, the business guy over at the West Fargo Public Schools. Got to get you a weather update. Tutal Tom will give you the latest information, and we'll come back to more afternoons live next.